when a special needs person becomes a parent, that person comes with such a wealth of different experiences because they've grown up with their own disability. They've seen their parent cope with that disability. They've learned to adapt and to grow on the go to things that may be changing in their own experience. And then they go ahead and start their own family and the learning continues. So it's this spiral that keeps coming around and taking you to a higher and higher level. Um, and today we have just the guy to tell us about some of the background of that kind of story. Welcome, Dre. I'm so excited to have you here because I want to live vicariously through your experiences. All right. All right. Hey, how's it going, Marcia? Thank you for uh, inviting me here on your podcast. It's awesome. Really, really awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait to you know talk to your uh, listeners and um, viewers. So this is awesome. It's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for agreeing to be on with me. I was recently on Dre's podcast, the 1130 podcast, and we found that this might be just the, a, a lovely opportunity as well, because he is quite an inspiring guy. And we're going to hear a lot about his story that goes beyond just a label that, 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 that we often put on people. So Dre, why don't we start with you telling me a little bit about how you grew up, where you grew up, and what your beginning experiences were. Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, I'm Dre. Uh, I go go by Dre. I'm from Washington, D.C. Born and raised here uh, all my life. Um, I have a disability, been in a wheelchair since I was the age of about 13, 14 years old. Uh, about the age of uh, three, uh, my mom noticed that I kept, you know, falling a whole lot. And it was just that, you know, you just keep falling. So she took me to the doctors and did some, you know, tests and run some tests, and I was diagnosed uh, with a disability called Choco-Marie uh, 2 syndrome, where uh, the muscles in the muscles in the hands and the legs, you know, over time, you know, get weak and stuff, so I had problems with my legs and also problems with my hands, but, you know, as I got older, you know, as a little kid, I knew I was uh, sort of different in you know, at that time, being different was kind of like, you know, I didn't know it was, I didn't know, like I know now that being different is amazing. Being different is, is what makes who, what makes you who you are. And at that time, of course, I was just like, well, I, you know, I got a disability and I gotta, you know, I need, I might need more help and more assistance doing uh, other stuff. And, as I, as I got older, uh, my my childhood, you know, was amazing. Grew up, uh, like I said, here in D.C. My mom raised all four of us. I had two sisters, uh, one little brother. I found out I had another little brother as I got older. I got another older brother as I got older, which I actually uh, lost uh, a year ago. And he was kind of like the reason that I got all into, you know, uh, the podcast thing and doing everything I'm doing but uh yeah uh growing up with a nice awesome family great great childhood uh one thing I love to this day that I loved growing up was wrestling professional wrestling big big wrestling fan a lot of people 
don't understand it, don't get it. But, you know, me, I'm a big fanatic. So I, I love wrestling majority uh, of my life, still do um, right now. Um, but like I said, as you know, the disability as I got older in my legs and my hands, it caused uh, my muscles to get weak. So I would fall in school, I would fall in the house and it just be an instant fall and I sprained my ankles and stuff. So um, I was, uh, I, I got a wheelchair. And since then, ever since, you know, I got a wheelchair, I would use it more so at the school because that's where I fall a lot. And as time went on, my muscles had got weak in my legs. So at about 13, 14 years old, I still been in a wheelchair. And I'm still dealing with just being different, still dealing with, you know, challenges, challenges of being in a wheelchair and stuff. So um, at that time, man, I'm just, you know, one thing that really keeps me sort of level-headed, like I mentioned, was was wrestling. And I love wrestling. And just that was my focus on whether just trying to be... What kind of wrestling uh, was this? WWF? Yeah, WWF. WWF, WWE. Uh, okay. Back in the days, it was definitely called WWF, World Wrestling Federation. So I'm guessing uh, until... that's what? That's Ric Flair and Victor Jovica and Carlitos Colon and, and the list yeah. goes on and on. Yeah, the list definitely goes on. Definitely, Ric Flair is a uh, WWE Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, just some of the over-the-top, larger-than-life characters. Right. And my favorite, excuse my favorite, was by far, uh, which is now a popular movie star in Hollywood, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who just was everything. So, yeah, uh, wrestling was everything. And, you know, as I got older and, you know, grew older, still dealing with, uh, the challenges and trying to accept myself of just having a disability you know I yeah. didn't know really how to but my mom you know gave me motivations and and told me that you know you are who you are and as as a young I think as, as, as me just being young and maybe not understanding fully life just yet you know I don't think I really took that and just ran with it but just as life kept going on for a while I always knew what I wanted to do I told people numerous of times, I'd just be in a room looking at a camera like we are right here, and and I'd just have my own show. But not knowing that all these years later that I would be sitting in front of a camera uh, on other people's podcasts and just having my podcast with over two, 300 episodes, over 1,200 subscribers on YouTube. So it's just amazing. But uh, I, I, I didn't know how to get there. So for a while, I got lost. I got lost in life, you know, and just... Just was just like uh, I got complacent, also, you know, not yeah. knowing at the at the moment, but I got complacent and just lost. And it was like I mentioned, my brother who uh, uh, passed away a year ago, who really got me into this. He really came, you know, back around and was just like, you know, what you want to do. Gave me that spark and motivation yeah. to just, you know, do the eleven thirty podcast. And since then. I've been I've been doing it and been a big big inspiration to a lot of people. Um, even my fiance sees it too, and I just you know like we all have a story. Yes, I know a lot of people now. Um, some some stories are you know could be scripted or not, but everyone has an amazing story, and my story is just me was just. I seemed like I was just, well, it's not seemed like I was applying for jobs, after jobs, after jobs, after jobs. And it was like, well, they didn't seem like they wanted to hire a brother in a wheelchair. I don't know. I don't know what that was. And 
back to back. No, we before mm-hmm. we, we got this person, we got this person. So I was like, what do I do? What do I do? So that that period of time really where I felt lost in the podcast narrative and my brother helping me, you know, with that was the spark that I needed to do what, something. What, what was your brother's name, Dre? My brother's name was Isaac. Isaac? Yes. My condolences. He seems to have been quite a, a powerful guy to have in your corner. Yes, yes, he um, was. And I and I, I think he lives on through you because you carried on so much that he saw for you, right? How did he yes. teach you what you what what did he teach you about what you're doing now? Well, it's not or well, I don't want to say it's not more so what did he teach me about mm-hmm. what I'm doing now. And it was just like uh growing up, uh my biological father wasn't really in my life. I haven't seen him here and there and stuff like that. Me try to have a relationship with him, but it seems though it's like he ran away from it more than you know I did. Because, you know, I was like, I was, I was open to it. Um, yeah. I had stepfather figures. Uh, growing up, I uh, lost one of my stepdads at the age, I believe I was seven. But, you know, I had multiple stepfather figures. But as I got older, my big brother Isaac was a big, you know, male role model, big, you know, figure, you know, in my life to teach me certain things that maybe just my mom didn't teach me because she was a single mom. You know, yeah. so he he taught me that and just, you know, we used to do music together, rap, rap together and just do so much things. And not only did I see stuff into him, I'll see stuff for him. He definitely saw it, you know, in me. So I'm um, just teaching me just life, just teaching me, um, you know, just how to uh, just just teaching me a bunch of stuff, you know, off the top of my head. Um, necessarily, I, I can't really say one particularly thing, but just teaching me how to kind of carry myself and just be um, a man and just like life and just know what right. to expect and stuff. So, um, right. and also, you know, with with the YouTube stuff a little bit. So, yeah, because he, he, I saw him do it, and I was like, that's that, that's a little bit what I wanted to do. You know, I don't know how, Good. but so he inspired uh, you. Yeah, definitely inspired me and helped me out definitely with a laptop right. and, you know, some some words, some motivation. So I'm picturing you at age three starting to fall and starting to get the diagnosis that something may not have been quite right. Um, and it took another 10 years before you really became heavily dependent on a wheelchair, yes? Yes. Um. That, in my mind, tells me that you must have been quite a fighter. You didn't give up and just, you know, say, well, I have this wheelchair and it's going to be my crutch. You still continued for 10 years, despite yeah. despite losing the strength in your muscles and so on with this syndrome. You yeah. kept trying to do it without the chair and use the chair only as a support, as opposed to the way things were every day, day in, day out. Um, when you must have been seeing a a shift in how you were feeling and in your capabilities physical capabilities how did it feel to you to go through that period well it was it was it was really the unknown it was really the unknown of that shift of just okay well one moment or you know walking one moment I'm in a wheelchair, my muscles getting weak, and 
hands or, or my legs. So it was just, mm-hmm. I, I, I tell myself, being my fiance says it a lot, um, that my little, I figure like my little man is going to grow up and just not going to have a lot of excuses at all for anyone or just excuses because both of his parents are in a wheelchair. You know, not only me, his mom, and to see us do what we have to do to, you know, raise him. I think, you know, he, you know, he'll be proud. But um, my, my, my life would all have all been about adapting. You know, it's been so many changes and it really don't take me long to adapt. You know, all I got to do is, you know, look at some things a couple of times. I'm, I'm kind of like the family engineer, you know, so when everyone needs a TV fix or need the VCR, when, when the VCR, you know, need, I'm not trying to share my age, but when anything needed to get hooked up or some cores or whatever, and I remember a time I was working at the movie theater one time, they could not wait till I got home to uh, fix the TV. And it was just, it, it was real simple though, but it wasn't like that to them. So like, a lot of things for me is just I always just been able to adapt. It's just like right. nothing really just stops me from just uh doing what I need to do or what I have to do. So, so a lot you know, of our listeners are special needs parents. And I also want to know while while that 10 year period was happening, you would have been observing your mom and how she interacted with you and what she um, what she told you, how she held space for you, what her expectations and hopes were. Could you tell us a little bit about what you thought as you experienced life with your mom, understanding the things as they happened? Um, with that, I'm pretty sure my mom didn't understand most of it, you know, when I was young too. So there was a lot of doctors and visits, but my mom kept me, you know, with good, good high spirits and stuff. And it been, uh, I just want to say that through that time, just, you know, her telling me and uh, molding me from, you know, growing up, she always taught me that, you know, I'm a strong man. And uh, even before that, I got my own place, before I think I was turning uh, 19 or 18, she was really, you know, really big of trying to help me get my own place and trying to help me have my own and stuff. So my mom is really like the biggest supporter. She always says, if anybody want to come back and live with her right now, it would be me. So I always laugh at that. So my mom is uh, amazing, though. But yes, um, growing up, I know it was uh, turned to her. And I can see some of the doctor's visits that, you know, that went, you know, probably for too long or uh, it was just too much going on that really made her upset, though. But I just remember those times, and I just chuckle and laugh at it. Uh, but I, I, I just, I just want to say, my mom, my, my, my connection with my mom is, is everything. Uh, she always taught me to, you know, be independent and, you know, try to try, try new things. And if, if you don't like it, you don't like it, and you need help, need help. Me personally, I always try to like. Uh, uh, do it myself first, maybe a, a couple of times before I might try to, you know, ask for help. And she probably like, why you just didn't ask for my help? I'd be like, you know, because, you know, I'm, I want to help you more than you want to help me, whether you probably know it or not, though. But that's just how I feel. So I always tell my mom I want to give her the world and buy her a house. So 
she ain't got to keep working and stuff like that because throughout the pandemic, for a job that she worked at for 20 plus years, she got laid off and stuff. So, wow. you know, um, I, that, that's one thing that I always want to, that I want to show my son and that I always keep in the back of my mind too, is like, I want to create something for myself and lead down because, you know, times were different back then. My mom, you know, had four kids. She needed to have a job or two to raise us. And one of her sons will have a disability that she had to take back and forth to the doctors and make sure he was okay and make sure he had, you know, his stuff like that. So um, I, I definitely um, want to make sure, you know, she's straight. But like I was just saying, also uh, make sure that I can also uh, show my son uh, what 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 being what an entrepreneur is, but also pass down something maybe that he can you know whether he want to do it or not, just something within side of the family because yeah I I necessarily didn't like that because she was there for a long time and I used to always bug her because she uh at the early two thousands and I mentioned how big of a wrestling fan she would always tell me how some of the wrestlers would come to a hotel. And stuff like that. So I be like, oh wow, mom, that was so cool. But you know, I, I just want to, you know, have create something not only now because I'm a, a dad for my family and just you know give back to her, you know, to my family more than you know they expect or no. Right. When I listen to you talk about your son, uh. What's your son's name? How old is he? Tell us a little bit about him, and then I'd love to ask you a few questions. Okay, my name. Uh, well, his name is Amir. He's he's uh, nine months. He's nine months, and uh, yeah, he looks just like me. It's, it's an awesome uh thing to uh see. <laughs> awesome, not awesome thing to see, but just awesome feeling. I don't want to make it sound weird that I'm saying awesome thing, but uh, <laughs> it's an awesome feeling. Uh, to be a dad, I never thought I'd be a dad. For one, because of my disability, I asked the doctors, you know, uh, a couple of times, and I was just like, oh, you know, hey, if it if it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. That that just won't be the thing that I I will you know press over or sweat over. If it's right. just in the plans of my life or if it's in God's plans, it'll definitely happen. You know, so um, yeah, I became a dad last year uh, in uh, July. Yeah, he was due in August, but came in July. Um, I think he's a prankster. He pranked us a couple of times. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a, he's a sport one right now. He, he got four teeth. He, he's, he's everything. He's everything. What has the experience of being a father been like for you? The experience been like, oh, man, it's it been like an experience like any other. Now, I live with my sister, or my sister live with me. Uh, for a long time, for quite a, a long time, um, for about eight nine years or so, and uh, my niece lived with her, uh, lived, lived with me, and also my my uh, nephew. But it was different, you know. It was different seeing them to having a little one. And uh, like I said, it's all about how you make it. It wasn't really too many adapt, adapt, trying to adapt to certain things. It was just, you know, you got a a new life in and. You just got to make sure you take care of it. But uh, being a dad just been one awesome, awesome feeling. And I just, I It sounds it. to me like you've taken it in stride. Like it hasn't been a whole lot of adapting to you. It's come no, it's fairly just, naturally. Is that true? 
kind of because I think a lot of people have been telling me you're going to be awesome. You're going to be awesome because I talked about it numerous of times on my show, just uh, having so much anxiety and worrying. Um, I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to be able to do this, you know, because my hands may be like this and I'm going to be able to pick them up. I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to change the pamper. So just so many and people just was like, you got it. You got it. And, you know, like I said, it's certain things that just come to me or certain things that I feel like God, you know, just put in front of me and whether I may feel like it may be difficult, you know, I don't feel like he would put it in front of me if it, you know, didn't not not only mean something, but if I wouldn't be able to, yeah. you know, uh, conquer it. And stuff. Interestingly, so, I'm I'm you are downplaying how much you, how much you, how much resilience you have, Dre, because it's easy for some people to just throw their hands up in the air and say, "This is scary." I don't think I can do this. I think I'm going to give up before I ever try. And I'm getting from you that you are not that guy. You're no, going I'm to not. show up. You're going to say, I don't know if I'm going to succeed, but I'm sure going to try. And I'm going to learn how to adapt, adapt, adapt until I figure out how to get this done. Is that exactly. true? Exactly. Exactly. Because I, I can't, I, I, I'm not the person to uh, give up and not just, and yes, it's scary. I mean, anybody who's about to be a parent, you know, I'll have a kid, it's scary. You know, you're walking into the unknown and we all may maybe have our nieces, nephews and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah, they can go back with their mama or their daddy, you know, when the weekend's over with, but I mean, like having one of your own and, you know, you got to provide for them clothes on their back, buy food, uh, buy, you know, everything, you know, so that that is that, but Never in my wildest dream that I ever thought of walking away because uh, my mom, my mom, uh, my mother-in-law, everyone says, uh, you, if you deny this baby boy, like, it, it'll be so funny because he looks just like me. So, um, and I also mentioned how my dad wasn't in my life growing up. Yeah. So, and none of our father, my, none of my uh, uh, sisters, none of them had a, you know, father in the life. So my sister um, and her uh you know, her uh fiance and her her man, both of them, they are they fathers in life and what would I look like not being there for my son, even though my, my dad went in my life. So that was one thing that my mother really taught me. If you ever have kids, make sure you take care of them. But she didn't really have to tell me that twice because it was like one, like I said, I never thought I'd be a dad. And then two, since I'm a dad and my father wouldn't end it in my life to share awesome moments with me, maybe sit on, maybe have me sit on his lap or him watch wrestling with me or do X, Y, Z or whatever the case was, yeah. you know, but that's that. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are your dreams for your son? Uh, just whatever he want to do, whatever he want to do. My, my dreams is just to support him to be an amazing, amazing person, be kind, be loving, and just, you know, be caring. You know, and to support him to whatever he want to do, wherever it is, you yeah. know, whether he want to <laughs> wrestle, he's growing so fast. I think he's a football player. I, I don't know what he's going to be, <laughs> but he, he loved to help. Every time I'm trying to uh, uh take clothes out the dryer or sweep the floor sometimes, he's trying to help me. So who knows? But my my wildest, my biggest, you know, dreams is just, the, you know, be a proud dad and just yeah. whatever he want to do, be there for him, support him, love him. Uh, unconditionally.
and I picked up some things about you have some aims about gen providing for you for the next generation that came out of an earlier thing that you said, you know, that you wanted to make sure provide for your son and then to show him how to provide as mm -hmm. he grows. So yeah. what are your thoughts there in terms of what you're hoping for him or what you want to inspire him to do? I would just basically when I was saying there, just because for because for me, uh, a lot of opportunities were were not sort of available for the disabled community. Now you get certain opportunities, but it's not necessarily for every you know for everyone. And uh, it's this I don't know if you heard of it, but it was just like Melwood.com and Melwood.com. You know, I don't want to put nobody out on the bus or just throwing names out there. But mailwood.com is just uh, for people with disabilities. They can go there. They can go online. They can apply for jobs, whether they can study in, wherever they, wherever they be. So I'm like, that's sort of the standard. Like, just because I have a disability, I got to go to mailwood.com and apply. Why can't I just get a job, you know, here? Why can't I get a job here? Anywhere that you want, job? yeah. Yeah, anywhere where I want. And it just seems, though... They didn't, you know, either didn't want to hire a person in a wheelchair. Maybe I was a liability. I don't know what it was, though. But I wanted something to create for myself where you don't have to, uh, you could be your own boss. You know, you could do something for yourself. And, uh, you know, and yes, you may have to work a little bit to get what you want or get what you need or whatever. But I want to show him that, you know, uh, show him that we're a strong, independent um, man. Uh, looks like you know, and yeah. not having to be having your hand out and you know asking everyone else uh, for every other thing. So I just wanted them show them just to be a strong, independent, you know, black man in uh, in this country that we live in uh, today too. So that's that's basically where I was going with that one. All right. Be before we end, mm -hmm. I'd love to hear we we have special needs parents who are listening in. Mm -hmm. And you've you've observed a special needs parent taking care of you as you grew up, and now you are a parent with special needs yourself. What advice would you give to um, parents of special needs children to support them through the experience as well as to help them to support their special needs children through the experience? Uh, the advice that I would have is that just have a, I, I, you know, every, every, everything works different for everyone else, but, um, have that close relationship, uh, with, with your family, you know, having that close relationship really sort of helped me out because even when my mom had to get up early in the morning to, uh, go to work and work 10 hours a day, my sister was the one who was, you know, getting up, getting me, helping me get dressed, you know, as a little one, but, um, for my mom is, you know, the best vice, you know, because she was having, um, to take care of me, who, cause she was the parent of a child with a special needs, mm -hmm. and the advice right there, you know, is, I, I guess, be patient, be patient, uh and just 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 love on them because each and every day we, we just don't know how uh how much time we got or stuff like that but on the flip side of being a disabled parent with a child being a you know special needs parent 
um, whoop a child, the best advice that I can say is, um, don't let, don't let, uh, the whole stigma of just, uh, being a parent or having kids is just, oh man, don't have kids or it's, it's really rough. Now I know what I want to say. I'm just hope I'm I hopefully I'm trying to put it out, but you know you just got to make the best of it. You just got to make the best of it, uh, and just look, just don't give up. It's easy to give up. I I, I learned that if you give up, one thing's for sure that's going to happen is nothing. You know, you give up, ain't nothing going to happen. You, everything's just going to stop. But if you just keep going and just keep um being uplifted and being inspired and just think positive. Uh, I think everything is the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. So, you know, just just be uplifting. <laughs> be uplifting and just be inspiring. So Yeah, that's, never that's give up. I think that's that's one of the, the taglines that should be under your name. They never give up yes. because that's what you inspire people to do through your podcast as well, yes? Yes, yes. Never give up. Never, never give up and just just keep going at it. Definitely just keep going at it because I, I was, you know, I'm a dad and never thought I would, you know, have kids because of my disability. So just because, um, and it was one scenario, I don't want to take too much time, but it was one scenario where the week he was born, you know, people in the hospital was looking at us like, you know, uh, you know, how are they going to take care of that, you know, that kid, yes. you know, they both in a wheelchair. So CPS was called on us. Because they didn't feel as though that we were fit to take care of a child. Now, you know, and for, for my fiance, now that hit her a little hard. You know, yeah. but for me, I was telling her, you know what, don't worry about that. You know, it could be someone who just, you know, not fortunate enough to maybe have a kid or they just don't understand what we know. And people always shy away from or they're afraid for a lot of things that they just, you know, don't understand. And, you know, oh. yes, we both in a wheelchair. And yes, it may take us maybe five minutes, a little bit more to what the average person may do it, but we got it. So, you know, just, just keep going out of it and don't don't matter what people say. Yeah. A lot of people are going to have opinions. So just keep going at it. Dre, thanks for being an inspiration. Now, Thank your you. 1130 podcast is also all about inspiration. It's about sharing stories. It's about telling people the 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 way that others have found their way past obstacles and into hope. Um, yes. We'll share the link to your podcast in the show notes. But yes. before we go, could you tell us just a little bit about your podcast? From your perspective, what's really the big picture for your podcast? And yes. what what have you enjoyed the most out of all the podcasts that you've done on your show? Okay, well, what I enjoy really uh, the most is just talking with different people from all across the world, interviewing people from the UK or Africa or uh, Taiwan, or just from different people just have different stories. I had one particular guy um, named Laquan Johnson. He's a motivational speaker that I always reach out to every, every now and then, especially when he has a new book. And I learned a lot from him because I think Especially when I had him on the first time, it just felt like, yo, man, I feel like I know this guy, you know, and he was just a he's a motivational speaker. And anytime that I just need to get uplifted or just think that I'm just not uh not doing okay or whatever, he's yeah. a great guest though. But um uh, my podcast is yeah, very uplifting, very inspiring. 
Uh, I started out in 2019 just kind of like giving my opinions on trending topics and some episodes I really do, but I kind of like really turned it into this podcast show where my main uh, objective is to inspire people, hear other people's stories, to be inspired because you never know what could help others, you know, from people who are uh, former U.S. Navy uh uh, retired U.S. Navy veterans who have been sexually assaulted, all from uh, authors and musicians, and so many stories to get, so many people to get their stories out there. That's the main thing. And also, as I mentioned, I'm a big wrestling head, so I do my wrestling thing. And so yeah, that's my podcast each and every week, the 11:30 podcast. <laughs> Right, Dre, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you, and I'm sure that this won't be the last time that you and I will be chatting. I'm counting myself lucky to have met you and to, to have started to build a friendship with you. I wish you all the best, and all the best to your wife and your little boy. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it so, so much. I appreciate you for, once again, uh, extending the invite as well and having me on your podcast I had Marshall on my podcast as well. So this was awesome. Yes, I can't wait to, you know, reconnect and, and do this over. I just said to myself, this is the first podcast of 2023 that I've been on. So, and especially that has nothing to do with wrestling. So I was a bit nervous. I'm always nervous before these podcasts. And then I always hear, if you ain't nervous, maybe you just, that, that means you care. That means, you, you know, you, you care a whole lot. And before all of them, you know, I'm really nervous. I really don't eat. So <laughs> I might snack <laughs> on a couple of things or two because I feel like if I eat, it'll throw me off. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not really, you know, all the way there. You know, I get kind of like a little tired. So when I eat, I might want to chill and relax, watch TV. But no, I feel like I got I got something to do. So I'm always nervous. I'm always excited as well. So this was amazing. Thank all you. All right, Drake. Have a wonderful evening. Bye-bye. All right.